Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during an information session on the George Moore Scholars Programme and was hosted by our Global Opportunities Development Officer, Rory McGrillan, with guest speakers including a Queen's alumni who is a current scholar on the programme. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for the George Murch Scholars Information Session. I'll begin by introducing myself. My name is Rory McGrillan, and I work in the Global Opportunities Team at Queen's. We are kindly joined today by Cleana from the George Murch Scholars Programme. And we also have Emma, who is a recent graduate from Queen's and a current participant on the programme at the University of Texas. I'm now going to pass you over to Cleana just to kick off the session. Thank you, Cleana. Okay, thanks Rory. Um, so I'm delighted to be here to tell you something about the George Moore Scholars Programme and uh, to have a bit of a chat with Emma, who is stateside, as they say, um, on a very exciting day uh, about her experience applying for the scholarship and uh, preparing herself to move out there um, and begin this great adventure. So uh, just to begin then, who will be supported in 2021. Um, this year we are looking to recruit up to 25 scholars, uh, mainly for master's degrees in the USA. The uh, scholars we select can combine uh, funding from the George Moore Scholars Award Scheme with other sources of funding. Um, as some of you probably know from looking into uh, study abroad, especially at master's level, um, the US is a very expensive system. Uh, it's an excellent postgraduate system, but it costs a lot. So this, the aim of this program is to support you as much as we can to make it a realistic option to go there to study. What we're looking for is uh, academic talent and passion for your chosen field. And, you know, by academic talent, we don't mean the top 1% of your class. Um, we mean kind of that you have achieved in the last few years uh, at a high academic level, um, but that you also intend to have kind of long term impact in a particular area. Um, and that we believe, you know, you looking at you as a rounded candidate, looking at your whole life experience as expressed in your application, that you're uh, likely to be a person who will go on to have significant impact. Um, as is Emma, indeed. Um, so you can supply, you can apply for support for either research or taught master's degrees uh, for a one to three year period. Okay, so it's reasonably unusual in uh, Europe for a master's to be three years long, but sometimes in the US they are, uh, especially if they're sort of a stepping stone to a PhD. And um, on the application, there's a question around kind of your motivation for either either the taught research or the um, the research focused degree. So, you know, that doesn't expect that, you know, everything about the curriculum or you can anticipate exactly what your thesis might be if there is a thesis. It's trying to get a sense of what research you've done to combine kind of where you are as, um, you know, an early career professional. Uh, in relation to the curriculum for this course and what it is about this course, institution, area that you really think will help you develop. The other thing to say is that applicants for this programme can be from any disciplinary area. And, 
you know, what we're really aiming to do over the next decade is to build uh, a group of extraordinary people from across the disciplines and also across the higher education institutions all over the island of Ireland. Um, so that you can be a strong network for change within your own fields in in the decades to come. So how do you complete an application? Um, well, you go online to the um, to our website, which is www.georgemorescholars.ie, and there's an application link there. The application link is a portal designed by Mind a Client, and it's pretty easy to use. I only encourage you to start applications early because uh, it's only when you submit an application that you get a link to send to referees. Um, and I guess because it's a particularly unusual year this year, you probably want to give academic referees a few weeks notice to get their um, to get their references in for you. So the deadline for your application is the 12th of December. I would be strongly encouraging you to try to submit in November because the deadline for your referees applications uh, or references for you is the 17th of December. Um, so, you know, you want to give yourself and your referee, your referees uh, a good bit of notice and time. Um, so you submit your application online, you will get a link to send your referees and they will directly upload uh, or complete the, app, the reference for you to the Minded Client system. So you don't have to upload your references. Um, you complete the research or taught master's justification and a personal statement. Um, and the personal statement should kind of bring to bear any other experience, life experience or other that you've had that you think explains your motivation and interest. And you also need to provide an estimate of all your costs for the duration of study um, and the amount you'd require to successfully complete the degree. So that doesn't mean that you have to say, I bring with me this amount or, you know, underestimate what you think it will cost. But at the same time, if 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 the you know some institutions will provide some financial aid to postgraduate students, um, you may apply to Fulbright or other awards. So if you bring something to the application, that is no harm at all. But you don't have to, and I know it's a big ask for a lot of students. So uh, George Moore, the funding for this scholarship uh, came from the family of George Moore, who unfortunately passed away some years ago. And George Moore himself uh, was from Louth in uh, the Republic of Ireland. Um, he he um, completed his undergraduate in, in, in UCD and then went to the US with some scholarship support to complete an MBA and a DBA over there in Georgetown. Um, and, you know, he was a shoemaker's son. He didn't come from uh, a wealthy or educated background, but he had huge ability and interest in his field. And he was one of the kind of early stage data analytics entrepreneurs. Um, so he built several companies along with his uh, wife, Angela, and um, they sold the most recent one, Targus, shortly before he passed away. So in memory of his um, experience and the transformative effect that moving abroad had on him and his family. 
the family set up this uh, via a trust, the family have set up this scholarship. So, you know, I think to be following in the footsteps of somebody as capable and talented as George is no bad thing. Um, I think it also will give you the opportunity to do something exceptional for your own future, but also to meet a network of extraordinary people over the years to come. And I think it's also uh, it's very good evidence about you that you go forward, apply for something competitive and difficult to get like this and that you're selected um, as, you know, in recognition of your ability and potential. So it's a great CV item, if you like. OK, and finally, I just say um, before handing over to, uh, well, asking Emma to explain a little bit about her experience, um, I'd strongly encourage you to start an application as soon as possible on georgemorescholars.ie. OK, um, if you run into any difficulties, you can email the main email address and we'll come back to you very quickly. So, Emma. <laughs> All the way over there in UT, in the United yeah. States, reporting for, from, from UT. Um, so tell us a little bit about your experience of applying for the George Moore Scholars Programme. Okay, so I had um, planned that I would really like to study my Masters in the US, but being a single mum, it was quite a big challenge trying to um, sort everything out. So I did a lot of research and that's definitely something that I would say to any student that's wanting to do this is do your research. Don't just look at the big Ivy League schools or you know those top five schools. Look beyond the scope of you know even East and West Coast. Look at the the um, subject that you're interested in. Who are the leading academics in the field? Where do they teach? Where are they based? Um, and reach out to them that's what I did so I reached out to Professor Childs here at UT and he deals with chronic absenteeism so I asked him a couple of questions about the masters and it was really speaking with a, another faculty member that helped me to cement which university that I was going to select for my top choice um, I definitely echo what you said in regards to the application and giving the the references time to get those in because that is definitely one of the biggest challenges that I faced was getting the referees in um, because obviously academics are super busy and especially you know the current climate and um, it's not that they don't want to do it it's just they have so many other things going on so if you can drop them an email and just say this is what I'm really interested in doing provide your faculty member or whoever you're asking to be your referee provide them with your resume or a CV or a brief synopsis about what it is that you're doing, why you want to specifically go to this university. So that will help them to then format their reference for you um, more specifically instead of like a generic one. So definitely liaise with your faculty, whoever you want your references to be, and research. A lot of universities, I think as Cleanna said, can support you Additionally, so for example, what I have done here is I work as a graduate assistant um, and that provides cover for, so I get a, a, an early stipend and I also then, um, it covers my medical insurance, which, you know, that's a big 
difference between like the UK and Ireland and coming here is you'll have to pay for medical insurance and it can be sort of around about $5,000 so it definitely has a large cost. Um, you will have to do a lot of research in regards to scholarships um, that the university offers because not all, all of them will be subjected for international students. Um, but a couple of hours well spent, get yourself a pen and paper and a list and go through and note everything, your closing dates, what you're going to need for them. Some of them will be like, you know, you have to write a 500 word answer to a question. Um, so there is time that you put into it. Um, again, research what your budget is, What research what your budget is going to need to be. Um, you have to sort of sometimes be a little bit creative as well. You know, don't just stay in one particular area. Go on to Facebook. Um, there, a lot of the American communities have different Facebook groups. If you're thinking of going to the area and people can share costs with you, how much is electric? How much is aircon? How much is, you know, what are accurate costs going to be? There's a lot of expat websites that will give you those actual costs as well. So I think that that's really important, um, having a, a, a very accurate um, budget that you can work towards. But um, yeah, I think that was um, some colleges as well. Uh, obviously, 2020 is a bit different, but when you guys would be applying, some colleges also offer like TA rules and also some of those rules will come with housing. So you would be like housing and dining, a residential assistant, um, and there's lots of rules like that. And typically they prefer those rules for graduates, certainly in any of the um, universities that I looked at, it was graduate students that get those, those types of rules. So um, research, research, research is, is really the, definitely the key takeaways. Yeah, thanks, Emma. And just to say that Emma is studying education policy over in UT. So um, I think it's very good advice to really research uh, and go beyond the Ivy Leagues. Um, you know, that doesn't mean you can't apply for Ivy Leagues, but it doesn't just have to be Ivy League. It's more about the disciplinary area, the fit in relation to your interests. As Emma said, uh, who are the leading academics in that subdisciplinary field and, um, you know, really make sure if you're committing yourself to this, that it's the right option for you, not just the right institution. Um, so, the most challenging aspects of completing the application or the entire process? Um, I think the waiting game was definitely one of the, because obviously when the pandemic hit, we weren't sure what everything was going to be happening so that was a little bit of a challenge for me because I was concerned if I didn't go this year I wouldn't be able to go because of where my daughter lies in the school year um, but definitely that I find the applicate the online application fairly straightforward one of the other things that you really need to think about is your personal statement because sometimes it can be hard for an individual to write about themselves like why are you the best person for the job? You know, so you really got to just lay out everything that you're doing. You know, if you volunteer with, you know, in local homes or if, you, if there's something else extra that you do, that is that you may just think that it's, oh, I just do that, you know, put it down on the paper, wreck everything that you do, put it down. because that tells the story about the type of person that you are. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. 
Um, yeah, and uh, I think as well, um, this could be the first time for a lot of you that you are um, developing your CVs, learning that skill of selling yourself, essentially. Um, I don't think that selling yourself should mean, you know, compromise your authenticity uh, or truth telling or anything like that. I mean, I think um, just be proud of the achievements that you've uh, you have um, managed to acquire to date and um, be honest about what your interest and hope is for the future. Uh, and as Emma said, bring in all those bits and pieces like I'd advise you to try and get a critical friend or some sort of advisor to look at your CV, to look at your statements and to give you objective feedback. Um, because I know from working with undergraduates for a long time, they, uh, especially Irish, it's in our psyche, they routinely undersell what they've done. So sometimes it's good to get someone who actually knows your background to pick through your CV and say, you haven't said, you haven't mentioned what you did in school. You haven't mentioned the societies you were involved in or, you know, what you do in your community or whatever it is. Uh, so make sure you, you think about that and get to highlight it. And just to say in terms of process, um, Emma mentioned a bit about the waiting game uh, this year all of the applicants who got through to interview stage were interviewed on Zoom. So, you know, that was quite an unusual experience because it wasn't long into lockdown when we did it uh, for both them and for us. But I think it worked pretty well. And sure, we're all, we're all experts at this stuff now. Um, but given the context, it's, it's quite likely that it will also be Zoom this year. Um, uh, however, we did manage to get together in July for a little bit of a, a lunch and a celebration. So that was very, very pleasant um, to, to meet people in person. Um, so just to explain a tiny bit, I see some questions have come in there, but to explain a little bit about um, what happens when your application comes in. Uh, basically, when it comes in and the deadline closes, we do a complete and eligible check. So make sure all your paperwork is in and, you know, that your application can go forward. Uh, the applications are then sent out to independent academic reviewers uh, who will not be from your institutions. Um, and, uh, you know, it's their job then to score, assess your whole application and score them, particularly from the academic perspective. Um, they then come back to us and on the basis of the academic recommendations and our own review of your applications, we call people for interview. We don't call everyone for interview uh, because it's a competitive process, but um, we, we, you know, your chances of being called for interview are much higher if you complete your application, get all your paperwork in and do a good job with it. So um, I just encourage you to start thinking about that as soon as you can. So, um, Emma, just maybe one other question to, to I, I guess, when you, when you got the support confirmed, what did that enable you to do in terms of thinking about your, your career future? So, being able to access the support meant then that I was able to accept my place at UT on the master's programme. It also then meant that it gave me a sense of validation that my, my project that I'm wanting to complete when I come home 
is it's well I, I think that it's needed but I give validation validation from others and um, and the skill set that I have been able to build on for my being here not only as a researcher but also here in the US teaching is slightly different so it's about learning different in a different environment which again as a as a student from Northern Ireland gives me a different skill set than what I would have had acquired had I just done my my undergrad at Queen's so it's definitely been worthwhile we're as you said we're all getting up to be zoom pros we've still had to do like presentations we've had to do some group activities that um we, we've tried to find group activities that we can then be the presenter and present on zoom um which is definitely a challenge because it's new technology but yeah. we're, we're getting there we're getting there do you have any in-person tuition emma or is it all online at the minute, it's all online. Um, we might have some next spring, but they're still sort of deciding that because one of my classes is critical policy analysis. And typically we go to the Texas legislature for that and sit in on the sessions um, and take notes and, um, and analyze whatever piece of policy it is that we're following. Um, but we're not sure how the session is going to work yet. So they haven't really given us much information yet. So how have you built networks or have you been able to build networks over there? Because obviously, otherwise, it would be a very lonely process. Yes. So um, because it's 2020 and everybody is still socially distancing, we are not on campus. But what we have done is some sort of socials on Zoom. So whether that's getting pizza and just, you know, having a chat with each other on Zoom, this is with my other classmates. And then a couple of the girls, have, we went on some hikes together. Um, I was very lucky in that um, I have a friend in New Jersey whose brother lives here. Um, so. When we arrived, we went and met him and his wife and his daughter, which has been a great support for me because their da our daughters are the same age. So they were able to give me advice about the school system, you know, all those. That's a whole other quagmire. <laughs> that's great. That's super. OK, so I'll have a look now at the questions. And I'm uh, just to say the questions can be for either me or Emma because I imagine some people will have questions for Emma. So uh, let me see if I can get in here. Um, okay, first question there is, are dual Irish US citizens eligible? A couple of the colleges I've applied for said they, didn't, they don't review applications until January. Would I be able to apply next year? Should I be successful even if I start the program next September? Hmm, okay. Um, Right, so the first part of that question, are dual citizens eligible? Um, we did have some dual citizens this year who were selected. Uh, mainly the trust want to focus on uh, applicants born and educated on the island of Ireland. But if you happen to be a dual citizen because of a parent or something like that, uh, then they will probably allow the application through. Um, I don't think, I think most people when they apply for George Moore Scholars will not yet know the outcome from their US applications and you don't have to know them. You just have to, they need to be in process when you apply to us. So 
the applications for the, the December this year are for those intending to go abroad in the uh, autumn 2021. Okay, so, um, you, you know, more than likely your outcome from US institutions will not be through until kind of March, April next year. Uh, and it's quite possible the outcome from this will be through beforehand. If you apply independently of like the George Moore scholarship, obviously has no bearing on the applications you make to US institutions. So if you apply to US institutions, that's a completely separate process from this. If if the place that you mention on your George Moore scholars application isn't the one you get, we can still consider you for a number two or three. Um, Okay, so the next question then, what if, what if your degree is not directly related to the masters you wish to pursue? Is there scope for crossing disciplines? Um, and I think, yes, you know, that I think that some of the people funded through this will be interdisciplinary thinkers. Um, and certainly they'll be shape shifting from one discipline to another because of something that piqued their interest as undergrads or may even be a non-academic interest. So I think as long as you can kind of, I guess, from the discipline you're in, provability, and then, you know, make an argument for why you're doing that kind of uh, cross-disciplinary um, work, then that's okay. Yeah, my undergrad is in an education. My undergrad was actually in international politics. So um, I made the transfer because I was interested in education. Yeah. And, and obviously she made a good case for that. <laughs> Um, and then the next question I can see there is, is there the option to complete an application if you're a current PhD student looking to spend a year or a semester studying in the US? Unfortunately, at the moment, no. Um, that was when we were setting up the programme, that was one of the options we considered um, and made a case for, but it didn't, it wasn't approved for this phase of the programme. So at the moment, it is just for, um, 2020 and 2021 graduates who uh, have completed their primary degrees and want to go uh, to the US mainly, although, you know, a good chunk of this year's scholars also went to the UK instead, uh, who want to do uh, their first master's, okay, their first master's degree. So that's the focus of the scholarship at the moment. And, and generally speaking, uh, the financial support for most uh, successful applicants was significant, significantly higher than any other award I'm aware of in Ireland. So um, for a lot of the UK people, it covered, I would say, almost 100% of their costs uh, because the costs are a good deal lower. And for the US people, it covered somewhere between kind of 50 and 80%. Uh, in some cases, I think it went higher than 80%. Um, so, you know, it's it's a significant award if you're successful in getting it. Any other questions for either of us? Anything else you'd like to share, Emma? Uh, no, just make sure you research <laughs> and don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Look at, you know, the, your top three university choices. Um, and as time goes on, the final one that fits for you best. Yeah. Uh, Emma, actually, this is one that you might give good, good advice on. I know there's a few more coming in now. What's the best way to go about searching which universities are offering degrees or doing research in your area? 
it's as there's no quick or easy way. You have to have a couple of. So for me, I decided that the East Coast universities were too expensive, and I knew that I had to look in other states. So I started looking at research objectives um, for other universities. Um, I looked at Texas. I looked at Arizona. I looked at Utah. I looked at. Rhode Island, I've at about 20 different universities, and it is a case of just going to their website individually and looking through the information, reaching out to anybody. The US institutions are very good at having their faculty members up, their research interests, and sometimes they have like links to their work. So if you think that that particular research, uh, researcher is interesting to you, reach out to them. Um, give them a while to reply because it could take a couple of weeks for them to respond. Um, but it definitely is something that you really need to spend time. It's not something that you're going to get done in an hour. Yeah, that's a good point. It takes time and give it the time. Um, yeah, you know, investing in yourself. So that yeah. time is going to be worth it in the end. Yeah. Okay, there's a couple more questions here. Um, Connie. Uh, is the same true for British citizens not from Northern Ireland, even if your undergraduate degree was completed here? Uh, so this is the scholarship is aimed at Irish citizens. You could be Irish and you could have dual citizenship, uh, Irish and British. Um, generally speaking, most of your education should have been completed on the island of Ireland. Uh, we did fund one person from Northern Ireland who did her primary degree in the UK this year. Um, so I don't know if that helps you, but uh, she was an Irish citizen who completed her primary degree in the UK uh, mainland. I think mostly uh, that they're, they're interested in people who've completed most of their education on the island of Ireland um, and who are Irish citizens or have permanent leave to remain. Um, so um, but if you have any further queries than that, you can email directly to georgemorescholars.ie, uh, info at georgemorescholars.ie. Okay, there's another question then. If your undergraduate degree was an integrated master's, are you still el eligible to apply for funding to study a more specific master's? Uh, so I think, you know, um, I think integrated masters are almost like a requirement to make your primary degree more valid in some universities. So they're they're not masters in the same way as the conventional master's degree. So I I wouldn't say that disqualifies you, um, because I know, you know, if I think about kind of uh, the ones I'm familiar with, you do them kind of on a five year program. You do them between year end of year two, beginning of year three. Uh, it's integrated in that sense, so it's within your primary degree, and you just end up with both at the end. Um, I don't think that would disqualify you. Okay, um, I think that's all the questions in at the moment. Uh, as I said, you know, um, and as Emma said, uh, the best thing to do is start your research today. Uh, have a look also at what's required um, by going on to georgemorescholars.ie. If you get stuck, email us um, and we'll come back to you quickly. And, um, you know, use it as a time to really refine your thinking about where you want to go in the next couple of years. Uh, it's a, 
you know, you're 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 really I feel very sorry for your cohort, um, this cohort and the 2020 ones, because it's not the way that higher education should be. Um, but at least this is an opportunity to give you some kind of bump uh, as you go into your, your the next phase of your careers. And we do our best to support you in that. Excellent. I just suppose just to draw this session to close on, Cleana, I just want to say thank you very much for your time uh, today and also you know, for sharing all the information with ourselves and the students. Uh, Emma, as usual, it's great to hear from you. You're always very enthusiastic. I think the, the advice you give in terms of doing the research and the prep is, is so vital and so, so important in this application. Um, the only thing I would add to it is that if students want to get a CV reviewed, if they want to discuss what they can bring to this program or what they can potentially get out of it, you know, book a careers appointment through the My Future, or at least have a look at the resources on the careers website and, and utilize those. But Emma, look, it's, it's been great sort of speaking to you last week in advance of this and hearing about how the, how the experience is going. And I just want to say good luck for the rest of this year and good luck for the rest of next year as well. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck, Emma, and thanks so much, Rory and Emma, for joining the yeah. session. It's been great. Great. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank All you. Best Good luck, bye everyone. Bye. bye. You've been listening to a podcast from the Careers, Employability, and Skills team at Queen's. Music by Ben Sound. To access Careers Support at Queen's, please visit our website, go.qub.ac.uk forward slash careers or follow at QUB Careers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.